it is not easy to build a global company that generates $100 million in revenue. I'm, I'm just telling you right there. I mean, there may be some kids out there that basically do it overnight and it's just sort of easy. But the reality is, is that it's really hard. And um, and then there are times when you want to give up. And, and that time might be right before you're going to hit true success. So you need to connect in a relevant, authentic, one-to-one -one way and deliver value to you. I believe that the new cold call is somebody calling you, your customers, your prospects, and their influencers pick up the phone and they call you because you've established yourself as a trusted advisor in their cycle of personal and business life. Hi everybody and welcome to this week's Coffee with Robert show. I'm delighted to have you here and I'm really delighted to have a very special guest with me here today. A guy called John Ferrara. I've been observing, not stalking, let, let me be clear, but observing John from afar for a long time. Watching some of the wonderful things he did with Goldmine software uh, back in the day and more recently as the founder and CEO of Nimble CRM, which is a really, really impressive piece of technology and it will really really help you get more leads and clients in your business if you're prepared to put the work in to working with social media and developing relationships and I've got to say John before we get going that's part of the reason why I've been really excited to have this chat with you because um, we we kind of had, a, had a, a brief chat a few weeks ago before we we obviously agreed to do this and uh, we touched on the fact that things have changed an awful lot um, in the past few years in, in terms of the technology has taken a huge leap forward. But the adverse effect of that is perhaps that people now are forgetting that they need to still have personal contact, to develop relationships and to put a face to a voice once in a while like we're doing right now. Mm -hmm. And I think it's become even more important in the advent of the technological progression that we're seeing for people to do that. So. Blimey, I went off. I've had too much coffee, I think. I went off at a pace there. I'm going to be quiet for a minute. Because, yeah, <laughs> cheers. I would, uh, I'd love you to give uh, the people that are tuning in today a little bit of your backstory, a little bit of you know, what got you here and, yeah. uh, and where you're going from here on in. And especially, um, I'd love you to share, if you're comfortable with it, any challenges that you've come up against where you, you maybe even got to a stage where you thought, you know what, I... I I think I might quit. I've had enough, but you did yeah. stayed in the game. You kept going because we're looking to really give people inspiration and highlight the difference that makes the difference. So that's it. I'm really finished now. Over to you, John. <laughs> well, Robert, first off, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to have a conversation with you. I really believe that at the heart of everything in life, that we're here to grow our souls on this planet. And we do that best uh, by helping other people grow their souls. And through conversations like this, uh, we share ideas, vision, inspiration, vibrations. And that's what powers people, is connections, those momentary things where you're truly present with another human being. And so, um, so I love to give and teach and preach, and uh, so thank you. Um, my backstory is that I'm a relationship guy. I was infected by my father who, was a relationship guy. And uh, I grew up on his car lot and I swore I'd never be in sales. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
You know, I, I think it might be true that most uh, young people don't want to become their parents. And I think most boys don't want to become their fathers. But in the end, you are. Uh, I think you are through osmosis. And my dad gifted me with an entrepreneurial spirit. He was the number one Lincoln Mercury uh, sales guy in the country in the 50s. And in the 70s, he was the first Subaru dealer in California. And um, But I didn't want to be him. I wanted to be my uncle, who was uh, president of IEEE. He helped invent radar and microwave at MIT in the 40s at the Rad Labs. And um, so I studied computer science. And... Uh, and I fell into software development and sales because I struggled as a business person through my career uh, trying to sell. So in the 1980s, uh, I was in sales for a technology company and they gave me leads, which weren't really leads. They were pieces of paper with phone numbers on them of local IT people at big corporations. They said, go get them. So I picked up my phone and I cold called those people. I made notes on my that piece of paper. I did my uh, appointments in a thing called a day timer. It's a leather-based portfolio that you keep your appointments and your contacts. And, um, and I did a forecast once a month that I sent to corporate, which was my pipeline, my, my sales forecast. And I said to myself, there's got to be a better way to do this. And it wasn't just me I was trying to automate because I worked as part of a larger team touching the customer simultaneously both in this field district office, as well as at corporate, we all were partly touching the customer. And it wasn't just salespeople. There were pre-sales and post-sales support and development people. They were all part of that conversation. And so I looked around at the tools that were out there and there was email, there was network scheduling, but there wasn't a contact record that connected email and calendar, let alone tools for simple marketing, nurturing, and uh, pipeline management. And because of my software background, because I worked my way through my computer science degree at a computer store, I literally knew every, so every software program on the market. There were only a few hundred at the time. Yep. And there wasn't a program that integrated email, contact, and calendar and sales and market automation for a team. And so I was too young and dumb to know any better. I quit my job at 29 years old in 1989. And I started a company called Goldmine to fix that. And at the heart of Goldmine was contacts it was about relationships mm -hmm. and it was about powering the team to do those relationships goldmine was outlook and salesforce combined before either existed and back in the day the whole company lived in goldmine mm -hmm. and i think that's what made it distinctly different um and so we started the company on five thousand dollars never took a dime of venture grew it to about a hundred million dollars a year in revenue and i sold that business when i returned 40 and retired for 10 years spent 10 years as a dad, as a present husband, and a contributor to my community. And I think that was as transformative or more transformative in my life than being an entrepreneur for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna stop because I'm sure that you have a few questions in regards to some of the things I talked about. And that's sort of like, like my prehistory there. No, it's really, really cool. But there's, there's some of the stuff that I was picking up. It's 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 funny because we haven't spoken about this before. I had no idea that you were anything to do with the car industry, or that your dad was. I was too. My dad was, and it was the same thing. So I used to sell motor cars way back when. But the interesting thing that struck me then when you were talking is that the who you really are on the inside has come out. And the reason I say that is because back in the day when you and I were in the car industry. Um, there was no such thing as building relationships. That was that was cutthroat. That was kind of you get the sale. 
and there were some really, you know, you know, not everybody, but there were some real tricks going on. Um, like this, the old switch and bait. I think that might have started in the car industry where they're advertising motor cars that don't actually exist but are highly, highly sought after just to get the phone calls and get the people in and all this sort of stuff. But yeah. Adam, when, when you developed um, Goldmine, and, and I've seen what you've done with Nimble, which is superb, by the way, um, I've noticed that it's very much more about relationships, finding out what makes somebody tick. So it yeah. actually felt what it is. You've come away naturally from the way that you were probably trained to be because it's, it was about as cutthroat as it got in the 70s and the 80s. Um, and you've naturally gravitated towards caring about people, understanding their wants and needs, their pains, and you've set about trying to build relationships and fix it that way rather than just kind of having the first emphasis or the first thought in your mind being, how much is this going to put in my pocket? And it's yeah. interesting now, the more people that are, are successful that I talk to, the one thing that seems to be running through, and I'm seeing it here again, um, when you mentioned Goldmine, was the fact that you saw a problem and you, you genuinely wanted to fix that problem. And um, you weren't really thinking about starting Goldmine to get rich. It was more a case of, I actually want to make a difference with this. I want to fix yeah. a problem that exists. And that's a common theme. Most people that seem to get into things just for the money don't do that well. Interesting. Yeah. But that's, yeah. that's what I picked up anyway so far. Yeah, well, I, I think the best products are products that are created from your own needs because you, you're passionate about it and you understand the problem. Yeah. And, and, and you're absolutely right, Robert. I didn't start Goldmine with the intent to generate a hundred million dollars plus work, you know, company. I, I actually, I kind of love technology, honestly. I mean, if you, if you were to sit here and look at my desk, um, it, it's, it's sort of like a history of what's what there's that old Apple iPod, but this actually is a Rex, uh, Rolodex. It's a PCMCIA card. That is a contact platform, uh, from back in the day. And, you know, there's all kinds of tools that we use to manage relationships. This is a sharp wizard. Yeah. Um, and, um, and I actually have a Newton laying around here. But ultimately, I think it was my combination of love of technology, which was really created, I think, rooted in the space program. Mm -hmm. I think that the trillions of dollars that were spent by the United States government to get a man on the moon inspired millions of people around the world yeah. to uh, want to be part of that. And for me, I thought that learning about computers would help me to be a part of that. Mm -hmm. And I think even the cold computer industry was as a result of that because you had to do a lot of technology to make that happen. So it was my love of technology combined with the entrepreneurial spirit of my dad and my uncle, who was an entrepreneur in the aerospace industry himself, combined with my marching to a different drummer. I, I went to an alternative high school and we read Thoreau and we did uh, psychodrama and we studied alternative religions and we were taught about what the government, our government was doing in Chile. I mean, things that you just don't know about today. People are taught what is in the books, not what is in real life. Mm -hmm. And I was treated as a adult and taught to think differently. And I think it's that combination of really valuing people mm -hmm. um, and love of technology and the entrepreneurial spirit that helped me to build 
uh, Goldmine. But what really helped Goldmine grow was partnering. And um, if you think about it, how do you start a business with software that the customer doesn't even know they need? There was there was no Outlook or Salesforce. There was no networkable business software. This was one of the first like DOS programs that was networkable, let alone did sales and marketing and contact management for a team. Sure. How do you sell people things they don't know? So what I did was I identified the influencer of my prospect. Back in the day, it was the Novell reseller. They sold that customer a network that tied their PCs together. I had a car to drive on that network. And the way that I got the Novell reseller to understand the value of Goldmine is I got them to use it because people sell what they know and they know what they use and it transformed their business and therefore they then started recommending it, reselling it to the customer and it transformed um, the customer. But think about this, the Novell reseller was just selling the network. They weren't selling business solutions on top. But when I taught them to sell business solutions, they not only made the money on Goldmine, the software on the license, but yeah. they also made money on products and services and made themselves more sticky and valuable to that customer. And so not only did I transform my life by building Goldmine, but I transformed the lives of the team around me that helped me to build it, including the resellers, including the customers, but more interestingly, Microsoft themselves. Right. And so we were selling Novell and Goldmine together when Microsoft didn't even have a network operating system. And they basically came out with NT Server and they ate Novell. But at the same time, they came out with, in, with SQL Server and Exchange Server and they needed it to sell and they needed third-party solutions to drive the first-party adoption of SQL Server. You're not gonna buy SQL Server, that's a database server, by the way, unless yeah. there was an application that called for it. And so we built a Goldmine Enterprise, which required NT Server, SQL Server, and Exchange Server, solving our customers' need to scale because our customers were moving from one to five to five to 500 in number of seats of Goldmine. Our VARs wanted to make more money on products and services, but Microsoft wanted to sell their products and we helped them to do it we became Microsoft's number one ISV worldwide. That's the secret of how we got to $100 million in revenue because yeah. they pushed us globally. And there's a lesson there. There's a few lessons there. I think one of the key lessons is it's more powerful when other people talk about you than when you talk about yourself. You need people selling your products and services globally, worldwide, 24 hours a day. And you need to tap into a market that's already existing with that market owner, Microsoft, Bless, not only blessing you, but dragging you into the distributors, resellers, and customers. Mm. I love, I love what you just said. Actually, I, I talk about the same thing, um, you know, with people that I work. I call it piggyback marketing, um, for mm. want of a better phrase. But it's it's so true, especially when you're starting up and nobody's heard of you, and mm. let alone, I mean, they've got no concept of 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 you know what you do or why they should use you, and what mm. you've got. The only, the only way for you to really get out there and make a mark quickly and effectively is to piggyback on somebody else's credibility, their existing marketplace, and the goodwill that's there with their audience already. And yeah, yeah it's absolutely right. No, it's, you know, commend you though. But, also... but, but, but Robert, the thing that gets you there mm -hmm. is trust. Mm. And trust is built through relationships, right? Nobody's going to give you the keys to their city unless they trust you, right? And, and I, t I teach relationships going back to the beginning of time. Sure. Back when I taught salespeople, I said, when you go in somebody's office, look at their walls. Look at the books they read, the degree of the school they went to, the knickknacks they collect, 
all these things will give you a clue into who that person is and what they're about. And then you can share your commonalities, what I call the five Fs of life, family, friend, food, fun, and fellowship. You share the commonalities that you have with each other in order to develop intimacy and trust. So that person opens up to you about their business and their needs, which you as a professional can then solve. And that's the cycle of life. If you think about it, if you go back a hundred years before mass manufacturing and madman marketing, we all lived in a small town. And our brand and reputation was built on the promises we make and the experiences that we deliver. Mm -hmm. I believe that we are going through a renaissance in relationships, that social media, as damning as it is, when we all live like this, right? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're basically living like this. Pretty much. Uh, but, but, but the reality is that social media is also increasing the transparency and the expectations that we have of each other and that we have of the businesses. And it's just transforming the way that we work, play, buy, and sell. And I think that's bringing us back to a small village where relationships in your brand and your network are critical to your life's success. And if you think about the things I teach and preach, they're not new ideas. They're ideas that are old as time. Zig Ziglar, Dale Carnegie, Napoleon Hill, Brian Tracy, all these people teach the same thing. And what I teach is nothing new, but the way we do it has transformed. Back in the day, we had a Rolodex, right? And mm -hmm. back in the old, back in the days, we had Goldmine and Act and things like this. Yeah. And today, we have, you know, I have my iPhone with me, I have my iPad, but I mean, God, the computing power in that thing is oh. tremendous. But I think that you need to use those tools in the proper way. Today, my phone rings off the hook with robocalls. My email is, is filled with automated emails that are trying to connect and communicate with me. If you want to break through the clutter today, you need to connect in a relevant, authentic, one-to-one -one way and deliver value in order for somebody to reach out to you. I believe that the new cold call is somebody calling you, your customers, your prospects, and their influencers pick up the phone and they call you because you've established yourself as a trusted advisor in their cycle of personal and business life. Yeah. that the age of cold calling is over. Yeah, and, and, and it, it is important. Relationships, as far as I'm concerned, got even more important because to go back to your example of the village, mm -hmm. well, last time, if you were trading your services for somebody else's services, and let's say that you're a painter, you might be the only painter in the village. Mm -hmm. But these days, everybody's got a window to the world. So you've yeah. now given more reasons than just the fact that you're the only guy with a paintbrush. You've got to be good at what you do, really yeah. good. You've got to give them a compelling reason and you've got to come up with a, a kind of, um, it's it, an offer they can't refuse, to quote Marlon Brando. It's got to be that kind of irresistible offer all the time. So in one way, it's kind of, it's opened the window to the world, but in another way, it's also opened the window to immense competition. But the yeah. good side of that is the fact that the consumer, the customer, the client are getting the opportunity to shop around and make an informed decision on the very best there is out there for themselves rather than to take what they can get. So the consumers are actually uh, winning as a result of it. I think. Yeah, yeah. 
But, but the thing is, is that it's more than great products. I believe that people don't buy great products. They buy better versions of themselves. Yeah. And that for you to succeed in business, you can't just have a great product. You've got to deliver great experience. Yeah. And it's a complete package that really delivers everything. And that's one of the reasons I built, built Nimble. So mm -hmm. I, I spent 10 years raising three babies. Mm -hmm. And in the process, uh, towards the end of that 10 years, I started to use social media in 2006, seven, and eight. And I saw I was going to change the way we work, play, buy, and sell. And I saw the future. Mm -hmm. And if you think about it, I saw the future with Goldmine. I built Outlook and Salesforce before either existed and before the market even knew they needed it. With Nimble, I built social selling, social CRM, or basically a CRM that's focused on relationships as opposed to reporting before people really thought about that. Yeah. We were still in admin marketing and bagman tagging sales. Yeah. So I saw the evolution of social, how it's gonna transform the way we work, play, buy, and sell. I started looking for a relationship manager that integrated social, I couldn't find it. Mm -hmm. What I found was a, a program like Hootsuite that enabled you to have your social conversations in columns but the conversations weren't tied back to the people that I was conversing with. And the whole purpose of a conversation is to create a connection and ultimately a relationship. So those social conversations in Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn and email, I needed to pull back into a contact platform in order to flesh out who this person was and what their business is about, track the interactions, and do the follow-up and follow-through that needs to, you need to do to build and nurture a relationship. So then I started looking at our contact platforms that we use. And back in the day, Gmail, G Suite was the cloud productivity tool that existed. There was no Office 365. Microsoft was still on-prem with, with Exchange Server and Outlook. And if you think about it, G Suite is Novell of our era. So if you have PCs and you want to tie them together in a business, you don't buy Novell and you don't buy NT Server these days. You buy a cloud productivity system with email, contact, and calendar, and, and word process, and spreadsheets. And then you basically hook into that. And back when I started Nimble 10 years ago, it was G Suite. And so I looked at G Suite and saw that contact management was broken because email, contact, and calendar are three separate programs. And each team member has a separate contact database. And those contacts aren't linked to the email or calendar interactions that you and the team are doing. And it's not linked to the social interactions nor do you have any data on that person or their company. So you end up Googling them and you have this information and you typically go to their LinkedIn profile, which yeah. is like my lobby. It's not really who I am. It's just one side of my persona. Mm. And so I saw contact management was broken. And then I looked at CRM and oh my gosh, CRM systems aren't about relationships. They're about reporting. And the reason they call it Salesforce, you have to force salespeople to use it. Nobody in their right mind would use a CRM if they weren't beat on to do it because they're not designed for you the design for your manager. And so what happened was Goldmine was the central repository of relationships for a whole team. And it was Outlook and Salesforce combined, contact management and CRM. But when Outlook came out and Salesforce came out, contact management and CRM were split. So contacts and email lived in Outlook, but your CRM was where prospects and customers lived and the salespeople were forced to go to that and log their stuff. But they really lived in email. And then as social came out, they lived in social but the CRM lived way over there. And so they worked for the CRM, it didn't work for them, and they had to go to them to use it. And that's why there's 225 million global businesses and less than 1% use any CRM. It's because CRMs aren't really designed for you. And so most people live in spreadsheets and email and now social. And so I built Nimble to solve that. 
That, I, I, I hear you. And by the way, I'm a bit of a CRM nut. I have been for years. Um, hmm. <laughs> I shouldn't be because it wastes an awful lot of my time, but I just, I'm fascinated with them. And I've been through every CRM you can imagine. So I understand very well what you're saying. If you don't mind, I'm, I'm going to ask you uh, about the personal challenge. Yes. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because twice you developed Goldmine. You developed yes. Google CRM. Um, you've already alluded to the fact that on both occasions you were ahead of the curve, which means yes. that people probably don't understand you. Look at you like you're a bit of a madman. And there's a, mm -hmm. there's a good degree of education involved, which also for a lot of people would undermine their confidence. Would, would make them think that maybe they've made a mistake because nobody else gets their thing. And yeah. I would love to know from you, as a visionary, which is what you are, how you find the intestinal fortitude and the strength of conviction to keep going when everybody around you is perhaps doubting. Because yeah. there's a whole message in that. Well... Robert, I believe that life is like a Beethoven symphony, that they're high and low notes and that you can't have one without the other. And don't get too attached to the high notes because they don't last, nor do the low notes. It's all part of life. And it's a beautiful part of life and embrace it. I believe most pain in life is us clutching onto the good and averting the bad. And that if you were just present with your life and, uh, and just kept at it and with it, that you be happier. And so my secret to life has been a combination of things, but a big part of it is just putting one foot in front of the other. It's as simple as that every day. And, um, and so I, I set goals. I'm a, I'm a bit of a, uh, I'm willing to jump off the cliff and build the airplane on the way down kind of person. So that helps. Uh, I'm able to just ignore things that are not contributing to me putting that foot in front of each other. Um, and, uh, and I believe, and, and I do things I'm passionate about. I do things I dig and I do things that help others. So Goldmine and Nimble are all about powering millions of people around the, the world to achieve their passion, plan and purpose in life. And what's more cool than that? Um, so the other day I was, uh, going out of my doctor's office and, and this is actually part of my sort of journey of, uh, downs, if you will, a little trip in my life. I believe the universe smacks you. It does, and uh, in different ways. Um, during the gold mine days, there were times when I would cry going home, driving home. There were times when I wouldn't, didn't want to get out of bed. There were times when I didn't want to go back to the office. It is not easy to build a global company that generates $100 million in revenue. I'm, I'm just telling you right there. I mean, there may be some kids out there that basically do it overnight, and it's just sort of easy. But the reality is, is that it's really hard. and um, and then there are times when you want to give up. And, and that time might be right before you're going to hit true success. Mm -hmm. So Goldmine, there was plenty of times when I did that. I, I ended up having massive success. I sold the company. A year after I sold the company, I got a head tumor. And uh, that was 18 years ago. Knock on wood. Doing yeah. good. Yeah. Um, but, um, but it's through that process that I, that I found my health. I went through the journey of the medical things. But I also re-sort of... I developed a philosophy about life. And that's the philosophy I shared when we first started is that we're here to grow our souls by helping other people grow theirs. And, um, and that philosophy has really helped me to get through a lot of things in my life. With Nimble, you're right. I was ahead of the curve with social serum and social selling. And I had to teach the world 
about the evolution of the ways that we're going to work, play, buy, and sell. And it took time for that to sort of hit stride. Mm. And so it took a few years for us to really build up that momentum of 100,000 subscribers and investors like Google and Dar Mark Cuban and Dharma Shaw and Jason Calacanis. All these people are entrepreneurial thought leaders in America. But then I got smacked again because I built Nimble by getting access to the public and private APIs of LinkedIn, Twitter, and Facebook, including APIs that nobody has today of LinkedIn, including the ability to look up an email and generate a contact to sync all the data of the contacts into Nimble, including their bio and their birth date and their history of jobs and work and school, the ability to synchronize messages from LinkedIn, the ability to synchronize signals on posts and groups, the ability to do invites and status of connection. And, and I built a tool that essentially made it so you didn't have to go to Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn or email. Nimble became that hub for you in the business and you could do all kinds of magic with that. And it was amazing until LinkedIn tried to buy Nimble, didn't offer me enough money, and then they cut the API off because they want to sell you LinkedIn services. They want to sell you LinkedIn Sales Navigator. And Facebook cut the API off because they don't want you to live in Nimble. They want you to live in Facebook where they can sell you advertising. And so I had to rethink who Nimble is and, who, and what value it's going to provide it was kind of like a, a walk through the desert for me. And it was, it was a struggle. I'm going to stop there because there's more to the story. I'm sure you might have some questions. No, I mean, it's really, I'm, I was fascinated. I was quite happy to let you roll on there. But it's, um, that's interesting because it's, uh, yeah, life does throw you curveballs every now and again, doesn't yeah. it? And yeah. That, yeah. Part, of the, part of the message I want to get across to people that, that sometimes when that happens, some of us lie down and decide to stay down. Yeah. get up dust themselves off and go again and 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 clearly you're one of those guys and i'm intrigued to know the next part of this story because that's a hell of a curveball by the way when you're effectively um the whole premise behind nimble is the fact that they hook everything to get it hooks everything together and makes life simple and these guys are trying to take it away from you which is effectively that, that that's your major selling point how does yeah. somebody come overcome that yeah so, so here's the story. So I, I recognized that Nimble wasn't going to be the place that you live. In reality, no matter how much UI I throw at Nimble, you're still going to go to your inbox in, in G Suite or wherever it is. You're still going to go to the UI in Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn because they evolved the UI and you need to go to that UI in order to get that evolution. I can never replace it. At the same time, Microsoft came out with Office 365. And the, the, the thing about Microsoft is they don't innovate, they iterate. They wait for somebody else to build the market. Then they come in when it's big enough and they use their muscle, billions of users and hundreds of thousands of resellers to eat that market. And they ate Novell by coming out with NT Server. With Office 365, they didn't create the market, Gmail G Suite did, but now Office has eaten G Suite. Today, there's 175 million Office 365 customers, which is a fraction of the billions of Outlook and Exchange customers that will go to the cloud over the next 10 years. Today, there's 7 million G Suite customers. So it's game over for cloud productivity. And I saw that five years ago. Wow. So what happened was I came to the conclusion that social is just the evolution of the way we communicate and it's going to become ubiquitous. And when, when technology becomes ubiquitous, it disappears. 
So you remember when the internet first came out, we started talking about e-toys and eye contact. Everything was E and I. Yep. And we talked about the internet. Now we don't talk about the internet because the internet is transparent. It's just the highway. Just in the same way as when you turn on your plumbing, you don't think about the, the heating and the recirculation pumps and all the different things in the basement that make that hot water come to you. And so social, I saw, was going to become ubiquitous where we stop talking about social marketing and social selling. It's just going to be sales and marketing. And at the heart of all of that is email, contact, and calendar. That's the heart of all business. And that businesses would have to choose G Suite or Office 365. So I basically built the integrations with Office 365 and became the simple CRM for G Suite and Office 365. And I began to uh, build Nimble so that it not only is the first CRM that works for you by building itself, by unifying your email, contact, and calendar and social, but also to integrate the disparate business apps that you have in your business. Because today, you have silos in sales, marketing, customer service, and accounting. So every business has something. They might have QuickBooks or Xero for accounting. They might have MailChimp or Marketo for marketing. They might have um, uh, Zendesk or Intercom for customer service, and they might have a CRM, or maybe not. Maybe they have one or more of those. And then they're gonna have to have Officer G Suite Every single one of the things I just mentioned, sales, marketing, customer service, accounting, and contact platform, are separate islands of contacts, including the contact platform. Office and G Suite have separate contact system records for every team member. So what's missing in a business is Goldmine, a team relationship contact platform. And so I said to myself, if I could bidirectionally synchronize Office and G Suite, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, and any business app that you use, and build a system record relationship for the whole company, not just salespeople, then I could build a tool that is the heart of the business, but then build it in such a way that it lives back in all those places you live. Because we live in our inbox, we live in social, and we live in whatever business app we're using, whether it's MailChimp or QuickBooks or whatever. And then Nimble would be able to bring up a team record for every person in every application and every place they're engaging so that no matter who picks up the phone, uh, they know who that person is, what the business is about, the history of interactions that any team member has had, and what's pending and who's going to do it. That's context and insights. That enables them to take action, and the action they take can be right there where they're doing it, logging the note and scheduling the task, because the biggest cause of failure of business is lack of follow-up and follow-through, and you don't do it because you have to go to your contact platform or your CRM to do it. So basically, I reimagine Nimble as the first CRM that works for you by building itself and then works with you everywhere you work. But then I put the cherry on top. Because Microsoft needs third-party solutions to sell its first-party solutions. I know that because that's how I built Goldmine, by becoming strategic to Microsoft, by helping them sell anti-server, SQL Server, and Exchange Server. If you think about Office 365 and Azure, that's basically anti-server, SQL Server, and Exchange Server, but in the cloud. And Microsoft needs to not only sell Office 365, but they need to make it sticky, and they need that to become a gateway to Azure, Dynamics, Power BI Flow, Power Apps, the rest of their first-party crown jewels. But the problem is, is that Microsoft resellers don't sell solutions. They sell plumbing to plumbers. They sell IT infrastructure to IT decision makers. They sell Office 365 backup and security to IT people. Just like the Novell resellers, they sold Novell to the IT people. They didn't sell business solutions on top. 
And I know that Microsoft resellers need to digitally transform themselves into uh, using modern social sales and marketing solutions for them to start talking to customers about solutions on top. And they can't sell Dynamics as that solution because Microsoft gives Dynamics to every reseller as a free license. Right. Very few of them use it. Because Dynamics is a big complex system of front and back office, CRM and accounting, and it takes months to implement. Nimble implements itself in five minutes. Yeah. And basically becomes a team relationship manager, not a CRM, a team relationship manager. So we basically signed a reseller agreement with Microsoft six months ago. Microsoft is our global reseller. They are bundling Nimble plus Office 365. They're dragging us into the distributors and they're paying the distributors to push us to the resellers as the simple CRM for Office 365. And we become the gateway to Azure and Dynamics. Now that, that, that's super cool. That's super cool. So you you managed to adapt and stay ahead again. So uh, you know, hats off to you for that, because it's a lot of people would have folded and just you know, uh, life got us again. That sort yeah. of attitude, which is uh, which is pretty incredible. And I, I mean, I've I've got to be honest. I took a look at Nimble a few times a few years ago, and I thought it was great then. It's obviously morphed into something else and a necessity now. But um, it is it is incredible how how you've adapted and you've you've kind of got this. I mean, all I want to know is where where's John Ferrara going to be in five years? What's your plan? Where's it going to go? Or do you not know? No, I have a very clear idea of where I'm going. Uh -huh. um, so with with Goldmine, we serve tens of millions of um, of customers. We help tens of million people around the world achieve their dreams in life. With Nimble, I want to do that with hundreds of millions of people. And so uh, I want to scale our relationship with Microsoft where we, when you basically buy Office 365, you just buy Nimble and it's just a, it's a default. And, um, and, and by doing that, um, we become ubiquitous. Um, and so that's what I'm doing right now is scaling the resellers that we've got thousands of resellers that have signed up around the world. Yeah. In fact, the United Kingdom is our number one market. London is our number one city of nimble customers. Oh, and, uh, and Geocom, the distributor there is our number one distributor. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of Geocom, but uh, they're a Microsoft distributor uh, in uh, the UK. And I just got off the phone with the Irish consulate uh, and we're making major investments in Ireland, which is my roots of half of my roots. I'm half Sicilian, half Irish. Right. And so I, I want to take this globally. I still believe that people don't understand the message that I'm talking about of the value relationships, how relationships are critical to a business, mm -hmm. that businesses have silos of contacts, that it's more than prospects and customers that a business needs to engage with in order to grow. And it's more than sales and marketing people that need to do that. That a company needs a team relationship manager and that a whole company needs to listen and engage with the constituency around it and that they need modern tools to do that. And so I, I'm not done building out the vision. I think the market still needs to adopt and adapt and learn these things. And, um, and I, I see the potential of Microsoft waking up one day and just going that this is really, really important and strategic yeah. and that I may end up with a house uh, on Lake Washington and uh, spending more time in Redmond than I uh, thought I would. Well, I look forward to an invite to the barbie. 
when you have <laughs> But listen, one thing I do want to say, and I'm aware of time because I know it's, uh, I've been really enjoying this and uh, the clock ticks on a bit quick when you're enjoying this. But um, what I did want to say as well is the fact that the importance of the simplicity, you, what you managed to do with Nimble is you've kept it really, really powerful. You've adapted it in the ways that you've said, but you've kept it, you, it's like a self-setup thing. It's, it's amazing yeah. because over the years, the one thing that, that I've noticed is that whenever you start plugging people into a system, most of them don't want to use it. And they, and they end up still do, having their own silly little routines. Nothing adds up. Nobody knows what anybody else is doing. It drives everybody absolutely mad. And technology has almost got to a stage where all of these, these kind of automation systems and stuff, in the beginning, I saw the idea. It's a great idea. But I've gone really simple. Now I've been through the infusion softs, the ultraports, the everything you can imagine. And, and now I've gone back to a really, really simple system. And the reason for that is because in the end, you spend all of your time in there trying to figure out what you can get it to do, which means yeah. not doing the things that you should be doing, which is like you were just doing, picking the phone up, getting out there and building relationships. And that's a critical mistake, especially, I think, for a small business person. The yeah. most valuable thing is, is their time. And if they start wasting on their time on stuff that, that doesn't pay them back right now, that's, that's a critical mistake that they're making. And from my experience, you know with a system like that can take you a good 12 to 18 months to start seeing the benefit from it anyway. And that's what I love about what you're doing with Nimble. Anything that gets, it's straight line. It's straight line, point A to point B, What's the quickest route? It's a straight line. So why do we do this? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think there's something important in what you just talked about is that every business knows they have customers and contacts and that they think if they buy a CRM, it's going to solve their needs, but they don't really know what they want the CRM for. Um, and so I think you need to think about, you know, what are you trying to do? And so most companies use of a CRM is to capture leads and put them into a marketing automation system to lead nurture them until they're marketing qualified. And then basically they go into the CRM and the sales reps then engage in order to close that as a deal or forecast and close it as a deal. And then you run reports on all that activity. And that's the typical flow of a, of a CRM from a manager's perspective. But from a rep's perspective, um, when they get that lead in the database, the CRM, they need to engage effectively to start a connection and conversation that develops into a relationship that then derives the result. To do that, you need sales intelligence. Who is this person? What are they about? What's their email? How do I get a hold of them? Um, then you need to know business intelligence. What is their business about? What is their marketplace about? And then you need to be able to outreach in a one-to-one -one way to, in order to get them to start that conversation. And you can't use the market automation system for that. You need to use some one-to-one -one templated email tracking thing in order to facilitate the one-to-many outreach at scale that the sales rep needs to do. And so if you think about it, market automation is like the bomber that flies over the, the battlefield and drops bombs to soften the battlefield, but to win the war, you need to put boots on the ground. And those sales reps need a map and they need a rifle. And so that's what sales intelligence is, the map. And the rifle is sales enablement email tracking. If you think about the typical sales and marketing technology stack that you need to buy, which is a CRM, sales intelligence, which would be inside view, LinkedIn, Sales Navigator, Raintree, Discover, or whatever, um, 
email outreach, so outreach IO, sales loft, sale, uh, HubSpot sales, whatever, you have to buy three to $500 uh, per rep per month of tools in order to do that. That's why Nimble's in, integrated in sales intelligence and email tracking sales enablement with the CRM. And so you don't have to buy all those different things and uh, it makes it easier. But at the heart of CRM is it's just a database. And the problem with going and sitting inside a database is that the contacts aren't going to just leap out at you. The real place you engage is email. It's your calendar. And now more and more, wherever your conversations, your customers are having conversations, which is Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, a bunch of different places. And so that's why I think your CRM should work for you by building itself and then work with you where you're engaging to provide the context and insights on the contacts that you and the team are making and to empower you to follow up and follow through because it's the basics that wins games. And I just think that all the other CRMs are basically designed for management and reporting. We're really focused on relationships and empowering people. And if you're listening to this, Nimble's not just for business, it's for you personally. You, your network and your brand are your net worth. You should have a golden Rolodex, your own personal CRM that you could actually bring to work with you and use in conjunction with whatever business apps they're telling you to do. But when you leave that company, you have your golden contacts that you take with you and you can then focus on people that matter, nurture those relationships and achieve your dreams in, uh, in life. And so if you're listening to this today, I encourage you to sign up for Nimble and use it personally. If you're a business, use it in conjunction with whatever business apps you're using, even if you have a CRM, because Nimble is a team relationship manager that can work with whatever CRM you have. Mm -hmm. Well, it now seems like a really, really good place to ask you where they can go to find out more about Nimble. So just go to nimble.com, N-I-M-B-L-E.com, and you can go ahead and sign up. It's free, two-week trial, no credit card required. And if you like what you see, I'm gonna give you a gift today. I'm gonna give you 40% off your first three months. Just use the code J-O-N-4-0 when you decide to convert into a paid customer and you get 40% off uh, your first, first three months. Brilliant. Brilliant, thank you, John, I appreciate that. I'm sure you're gonna get a few takers on that one. And uh, I can tell from first-hand experience to anybody who's watching this as well, just how powerful it is and how easy it is to use. Um, it really is truly a nice, a nice bit of kit, as we say in the UK. So, um, John, I, I know that you know we're taking a lot of your time, and uh, and you've got lots of things to get on with today. But I just wanted to say it's been an absolute pleasure. I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I won't hold my breath and wait for the invite to the barbecue, but I hope it comes. <laughs> and I just wish you all the best for the future, my friend. And just keep keep disrupting things, keep keep being a visionary, and keep making things happen because. Uh, the world's a better place for guys like you out there doing this stuff. Well, Robert, I, I, I do it because I dig what we're doing right now, right? I mean, for me, it's, it's the feedback from people that say, John, you're, you're helping me with my life. And, and ultimately, that gets back to my philosophy of life is that mm -hmm. we're here to help other people grow. And I'm going to leave you with a story. It's a Mick Jagger story. Mm -hmm. uh, so... Uh, so the doctor who saved my life, who found my tumor, was uh, the number one ENT for singers and stars in uh, Beverly Hills. And so he basically is the ear, nose, and throat doctor for people like Whitney Houston, Frank Sinatra, Bono, Mick Jagger, etc. And so I, um, I was walking out of his office 
you know, the, yeah, doctors have all these cubicles that they put you in and you kind of like, they go between the different cub the different rooms and service you. So I was walking out of my cubicle and I bump into this little old man and I look down at him and I go, shit, you're Mick Jagger and you're old and short. <laughs> I didn't say that, right? But you know, when you're going through an experience in life, you think things, you think a lot of things, right? So I thought all that stuff, right? And at the same time, I said to myself, why does this little old man get on the airplane 50 to 100 times a year and go do shows, right? Why does he do that? He doesn't need the money. He does it because he digs the dance. He digs the dance with the people. And I think that that is a big part of being a human, right? Is when you have a connection, a communication with another human being it, that resonates with you, it actually feels good. You know, it's just, it, you feel powered by that. And so Mick gets powered by the interactions with the people. I do too. Mm. And especially when people say that I help change their life. And so being able to build tools that transform people, but more importantly than building the tool, the fishing pole, is I teach people to fish. Because mm. I think that my fishing poles are so unique that you need to teach people a different way of looking at life. Yeah. And that gets back to relationships. I think that they power people and they power your dreams. So get out there and identify people that matter, reach out and build one-to-one -one connections and conversations and relationships and enter every single interaction with the intent to serve that person, to leave them with something, even if it's simply your presence and a smile, mm -hmm. because that's the best gift you can give to anyone, especially yourself. Thank you, Robert. There is nothing I can say to top that. John mm -hmm. Ferrara, it's been an absolute pleasure. You've been a terrific guest. Thank you so much. All Thank the best you, to you, my friend. And I hope we can connect again. Me too. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, it's Robert here. Thanks for watching the video. I hope you've really, really enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed this, then please subscribe to this channel and come back and see many, many more. Doing these things all the time. And if you want to know when the next one comes up, click the little bell and you'll get a notification each and every time we've got a new video up there for you to have a look at. Um, and the other thing is, I nearly forgot. If you look, love everything to do with personal development, business development, and just getting yourself into a peak state, then you're going to want to get over to my free webinar training, which is going to show you exactly the steps to take to overcome any inner barriers that are stopping you from achieving in life and business right now, and exactly what to do to get that put right and start living the life of your dreams, starting right now. Sounds like a tall order? Promise you, you can do this stuff. Get across to my webinar training. The link is in the uh, description below this video. I hope to see you there, and at the very least, I hope that you click the bell, I hope you subscribe to the channel, and I hope to see you back here again soon. Take good care. Bye-bye.